Hello, I'm John Orty. I'm a stunt historian, author, broadcaster and producer, and the man behind Behind the Stunts on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Welcome to this episode and a series of podcasts dedicated to the action stunts in the James Bond movies. My new book is the definitive guide to everything action-packed in the film series. It looks at the stunts, the performers, the coordinators and the stories behind these incredible moments captured on the film. Hello and welcome to this week's show. And we've arrived in Pierce Brosnan's second outing as 007. Tomorrow Never Dies was the full-on 90s action fest with Vic Armstrong in charge of the second unit and the stunt coordinating alongside Dickie Beer, who was brought in to supervise the unit. More from Vic later, but first we chat with our good friend Rocky Taylor, who returns to the Bond series as one of the villain's heavies. Not content with that, he also gets to say some lines in German. Well, sort of German. Stamper, Stamper, we can't break into the car. Is that German? brilliant. Just like it was, um, and again, were you. This is because there's dialogue in there. Were you? Did you audition for this, or was this um, Vic saying? I did I've audition. Got a funny part? enough, I did audition for it. Right. Um, Dicky Beer was the stunt coordinator, if I remember. That's right. And um, get a call down to wherever they were filming it, and three of us were in line. And Dicky says, "There's the there's the line." He said, what's that? Stamper, we can't break into the car. Say it in German. What do you mean in German? You mean German accent. German, German accent, yeah. Stamper, we can't break into the car. <laughs> he said, yes, that's not bad. That's not bad. A bit more right. pathos. A bit more ever. Anyway, I got it. I got it. How I got it, I don't know. But it was terrible, but... I I'd love to. I'd love to have heard everybody else's having a go at that as well. That yeah, be... I can't remember who the others were, <laughs> but I did get it, and um, it was a nice little part. I ended up going to Munich with it. The car in the car chase in the right. in the oh, we, we did it at Brent Brent, Brent Cross, Brent yeah. Park, That's right. And then we went to where did we go? I think it was Hamburg. Hamburg. Wasn't it? Hamburg. 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 Yeah. And uh, that was a nice two or three weeks. Yeah. So yeah. They're my Bond moments, which are great. Now, Vic Armstrong last worked on Bond, if only briefly, on The Living Daylights. So this was a welcome return to the franchise, and he certainly had his work cut out with a quantity of action set pieces littered throughout the movie. Teamwork is vitally important on projects like this, so I asked him if some of the gags being thought up were just too complicated, or is the mantra where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah, there's, there is always a way, and each one you take as a separate example and a separate challenge, and you just work it out from the ground upwards and, and sort it all out. And I remember I was in um, L.A. shooting, I think, Starship Troopers when I got the call to go and do it. Roger Spottiswood called me, right. who I'd worked with Roger on uh, Air America, and he's a great yes. friend of mine, and he asked me to come over and do it. And uh, I turned up and um, went up to the to the Eon's offices in London and uh, saw them. And they they were quite funny, actually, because I think uh, Cutthroat Island had just come out and they said, Oh, yes. What are you doing? That was such a dreadful film. What were you doing on that? And I said, look, I think the action was very good on it. Yeah, exactly, I, yeah. 
I have no control over what the film's like at the end of the day. It's Rennie Harlan's your director and everything else. We do what he wants. And I think the action was very, very good on it. The film may not have worked. Anyway, whether it's a negotiating tactic on their behalf or not, I don't know. Anyway, I'd, I'd got the job and everything else. And then it was a big one. You know, the big motorcycle chase was one of the biggest challenges on it, where they wanted um, her, the girl sitting on the front of the motorcycle and uh, on the handlebars and handcuffed together. So she's doing the throttle and he's doing the, uh, the clutch or vice versa and yeah. moving around the, the bike. It's funny enough, they, uh, they copied a very similar thing on A Night and Day with Tom Cruise, I think you remember. Yeah, I think uh, I, I do remember something sim very similar. I must admit, there was a, a couple of things in that which I particularly enjoyed. I mean, firstly, where on earth did you find Jean-Pierre Goy uh, from, and and how long uh, was the process of working between him and Wendy to work out that that sort of ballet that took place on top of the motorcycle? Well, Jean-Pierre Goy again was an absolute godsend for me because that was my biggest worry who I get to ride the motorcycle we, we decided we wanted a big motorcycle you know it's, mm -hmm. the days are gone from the old tv shows where everybody just happens to find a nice off-road motocross bike that they yep. can jump on and do all these magic jumps and tricks with we wanted a, a genuine road bike that was far too big and was completely out of context in the things you're asking it to do to give it some realism and some excitement right so I went to Thailand and Vietnam, looking at location and everything else, and came back home and was getting down to the moment when I now have to decide who's going to be my motorcycle double. And I was looking at people and everything else. And I'd been talking to my brother, actually, Andy, who was in America, and he'd, he'd done a picture. And he kept telling about this incredible motorcycle he had called Jean-Pierre Goy, who did a nose wheelie. Jean-Pierre holds a world record for wheelies, distance-wise, and nose wheelies, length-wise, everything. Right. And anyway, I got home, and I, in the back of my mind, he was telling me about Jean-Pierre Goy for, for weeks, and I sort of ignored him, ignored him, think I'll try and get an English guy. And I came home Sunday night, and I sat in there, and there was Greatest Stunts or something on the telly, and there was an article about Remy Julien, one of the, the great car drivers. And I'm looking at it, and this guy's ride, riding this motorcycle, a BMW, funnily enough, up over a bridge, which is only 18 inches wide, the, 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 like Arnhem Bridge, there's right. a bridge too far, one of those Dutch bridges. And he's riding up over the top of the arch of the bridge and down and along and up and over the next one with no safety, no nothing, except a, a car driving beside him with a trailer with, a, with some pads in it. If he fell off, he'd go in there, so, you know, 60 feet down. Right. Wow. And I looked at this guy and it was amazing. And it turned out to be Jean-Pierre Goy. And I said to myself, this is an omen. So I phoned him immediately and he jumped on the plane. He came out to um, to the studios. We were over at um, St. Albans on an old airfield. And there's a warehouse on an old airfield. And he came over there the next day, flew him over. And I said, look, we've got this BMW. It's a monster of a bike. You know, we want to do wheelies with it. We need uh, Michel as... Um, stunt double sitting on the handlebars and everything else and went, oh, okay yes let's have a look and within 10 minutes he was popping this bloody great motorcycle up in a wheelie really so, wow and i've never seen anybody wheelie a, a huge bmw like that before and he had it on a wheelie and then he was doing nose nose wheelies and then i said well put wendy on the handlebars and she sat on the tank and he popped a wheelie with her on it and drove all the way around and it was just incredible just like a, a, a natural ability, yeah. as soon as he gets on the bike. He'd, just... never, ridden a he'd never ridden a motorcycle till he was 16 years old. He was a, <laughs> a horse rider. And then he got bored with his ponies and show jumping and decided he wanted to ride motorcycles and just became world champion. 
Well, I wonder if that's where he gets his balance from then. That, that yeah. maybe years of understanding horses. And one, one day he said to me, after we'd come in back from, uh, from Thailand and everything else and did all the fantastic stunts and everything else, and he turned to me and said, Vic, I have to thank you for the confidence you had in me, letting me do all these amazing stunts with your wife sitting on the handlebars and everything else. I said, yes, Jean-Pierre Goy, but you don't know how much I'd have insured for, do you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, every uh, eventuality comes. Amazing, amazing man, just wonderful. And we couldn't have done it without him. He did some incredible stuff. No, know, it's it wonderful. Real. And he jumped over that helicopter at the end, the climax, he did that for real. Yeah. We, had, we had the whole house built, the front of it was soft, so if he did miss a gear or quite misfired and he didn't quite get the distance he would go through the front of the house it would be a soft but basically he had to land on the roof which was a collapsible roof into boxes yes yes and we rehearsed that for over over two weeks we had 10,000 boxes wow built on the other side of the house so he'd rehearse on the same roof he's going to be jumping off but you know, okay. in the opposite direction jumping into boxes so in exactly what gear what speed what he's going to be doing but even so, it's just an amazing stunt. You'd never do it nowadays. It'd all be CG. It would be CG, wouldn't it? Yeah, done for I real. I look there. at it and put my hand on my heart and be able to say, no, he did jump over that helicopter with a bike for real, you know. That's fantastic. I was like, um, I love Dickie Beer's face as well, because Dickie's gone down to collect him. He's on the crane and he's obviously hooked him on and they've all they both come up together and he's, he's like the happiest man in the entire world, you know. First exactly. day. Look, this has actually worked. It's fantastic. We should also have a listen to James Bond himself. Pierce Brosnan as he explains what it was like to watch stuntman Steve Griffin get to grips with the BMW 750 and put it through its paces for the blind driving sequence. It was amazing watching it because they had 12 different cars, they had 12 different BMWs that could go at different speeds and do different things. So when you see the car without the driver in it, there was a driver in it obviously, but they built it, they rigged it in such a way so the stunt guy they put the pedals way back and he had to lie down in the back of the car like this and they had these three cameras they had a camera in the grill in the front and they had a camera in the side mirror here and a camera in the side mirror there so the stunt guy could drive the car you know they built this and he had a camera here and a camera there and a camera there and he just drove the car like that and he could do I watched him I watched him for about six weeks because I was riding the motorcycle as well on the back lot and I watched him for six weeks drive the car slowly around these cones until he got it up to 65 miles an hour and could do spin-outs. It's amazing. So there we go. Another action-packed show in the can. Don't forget to join us on Friday for the YouTube show. And next week, we arrive at Bond 19. The world is not enough. So, until then, it's bye for now. 